As we look to the new year on the horizon, some of us may plan New Year's resolutions for ourselves. Some may want to make strides in their professional life. Others may want to improve areas of their personal life. And all of us should make it a priority to continue working toward the best version of ourselves that God has called us to be. But with the new year comes new challenges, and we, as believers in Christ, must not lose sight of the storm clouds in the distance. It is imperative that the church be aware of these challenges as we, the people of God, still dwell upon the earth and we have the responsibility of doing the Lord's bidding here. Today, we are going to share not just our personal goals for the upcoming year, but societal issues and challenges that await us as believers in 2022. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast with our hosts, Avon and Alex. We seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. The key to victory is knowledge, and it is our hope that through sharing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy the episode. All right, hello, Paradigmers, and you are listening to a new episode of the Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on Earth and Heaven's favorite podcasters, and this is where we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds to think right side up. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, like, follow, and share. We're also on several listening platforms such as Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, etc., and feel free to leave us comments in our social media pages because we like to... Uh, look at those and address any issues that come up or, or questions rather that come up and uh happy new year everybody happy new year i was about to sing a song i was about to say we wish you a merry christmas but that doesn't fit no that, that was came, that, that was last week in my mind is there a new year's song no i don't think so i don't think there's a new year's song i don't know why that came to my mind thinking of new year's but oh, oh well maybe because i'm still in the the high from christmas how was your christmas by the way it was really well as i as i said in the episode my family's very low-key um uh, my brother and my sister-in-law came over my soon-to-be sister-in-law came to visit um uh, other sister-in-law uh, she came to visit and um we had dinner we had time watching a movie um, just relax and all that kind of stuff. If the audience doesn't know, I'm on a two week vacation. So it's about to come to an end because, you know, it's only, it was throughout, you know, this whole Christmas holiday, but I've enjoyed my two weeks off. I still have a couple more days left, but I, you know, every Christmas I always get like two weeks off, which is amazing. It's really nice. Yes, it's amazing. So um, it's just been very chill. Like I said, it's been really relaxing and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just um, just re-energizing re myself for the new year. So I'm, I'm just ready and pumped to start 2022 with, a new, with new goals and just a whole new set of energy. But what did you do this Christmas? I relaxed. Okay. I mean, okay, so just before Christmas, it was really crazy. Like just right before this happened, I got a call uh, from work and I had to literally, from the time I got the call, three hours later, I had to hop on an airplane, fly to New England, and I was in New England the whole rest of the week and then got home just in, in time for Christmas. Oh, and so that was a really crazy travel plan. But uh, being at home at Christmas was great. I, I celebrated with my family. Uh, we had cinnamon rolls in the morning, uh, as I talked about. You know, that was the tradition last week. It bore out this year. We uh, were able to exchange gifts. It was pretty cool. Um, and uh, then got to see my extended family, have dinner with them, and exchange more gifts. Enjoy my mom's uh, Christmas cookies that she makes every year, which are really good. And now I am in Miami. 
How is Miami? And mind you, I want to let the audience know, I've known Alex for over 12 years going on. Is he like 12 years? But anyways, he did not invite me to go to Miami. He wanted to bring his new friends. He didn't invite me. Oh, so. no. Don't I'm just going to put that. the shade out you, there. You don't like fishing. You say you're not ever going to get on a boat, can't stay in the ocean. And I, That's not the I have asked you before to come with me, and you're like, no. So I was like, oh, it's a losing That's cause. not the important thing. The important <laughs> thing is that you need to ask and say, hey, Avon, do you want to go down to Miami? You you know I like the beach. You know I like the sun. My I glow in the sun. Like <laughs> you didn't even ask me, but it's okay. I'm a I'm a I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. We forgive, so I let it go. Oh, well, I mean, there's still a couple days left. You could uh, come down here to the Keys. Yeah, if you, you want. know, be there tomorrow. You know, that's that's a lot going on. And like I said, I only got a couple more days before I have to go back to work. So I'm just uh -huh. going to stay in my pajamas and <laughs> just relax at the house. So I'm just, that's what that's what I'm going to do. All right. Well, it, um, it is really nice down here. Very sunny. Beach uh, is awesome. Really, um, that kind of clearish water. It's getting clearish water, you know, that you would find down in the Caribbean, even down here in, in Miami. So I really like it down here. I'm glad I'm here away from the cold weather up north. Uh, but let's jump into this episode. The new year is upon us. It is going to happen on Saturday. And so with that comes New Year's resolutions. Okay. So what are your resolutions? What are your plans for the new year? Well, my goals are I want to continue making strides with God in my spiritual life. In particular, I want to continue to be in the word. Uh, with all this traveling, I will admit I haven't been best at staying in the word every day. So I really want to get back into that in the upcoming new year. Uh, professionally, I hope to enable some international opportunities for my company and expand our infectious disease testing capabilities and personally, I will say, I hope this is the year where I will finally be done with being single. I'm, we're going we're gonna to touch and agree on that. We're going we're gonna to touch and agree on that. But like, as you always say, if it's God's will and God's timing, it's going to happen. So who knows? This could be the year. Be optimist or be optimistic. I certainly. Uh, well, I, I mean, I will hope for this. We will see. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, before, you know, I, I had an idea to say like, oh yeah, I want a promotion and I want to try this and I want to try that. But honestly, the only thing I really want out of everything spirit, you know, at, that encompasses it all is just really grow spiritually. And I want to walk in my purpose. I really want to walk one step closer to my purpose. I really want to feel that at the beginning of 2023, Avon has completed everything that God wanted him to complete it in that year. I really want to just feel that way. I don't want to be distracted with anything. I don't want to um, miss an opportunity. I really want to be zeroed in, determined and focused on the things that God has for me, especially because now that I see that I'm getting older, because in 2022, I am turning 30. So, so am I. The clock is ticking, so I don't got time to waste. <laughs> I don't got time to waste a little fun thing to say, so I'm not so spiritual. A little fun <laughs> thing to say that I really want for this year. I got my passport finally. Oh, congratulations. Yes, I finally got my passport, so I really want to travel internationally. I don't know where I want to go to. Um, if the audience doesn't know, I'm somewhat fluid in Spanish, so I do want to try and test my Spanish skills in um, like a Spanish-speaking country like Spain or Colombia. Those are the two places that kind of spark my interest, but I don't know exactly where, but I do want to go to Italy or Greece, and I do, you know, 
Canada's right there. So I don't really know where I want to go yet. But you know, I've never been to Canada. You've never been to Canada? The closest I got was on a business trip earlier this past year where I got to go to Niagara Falls and I saw the flag flying mm-hmm. across the other side of the waterfall. But of course, it's COVID and it would have yeah. been a big pain to try and get across the mm-hmm. border. So I did not do that. See, I feel like as you travel so much, I thought you've been to Canada. I feel like. No, I've been to, I've been to some of those European Canada. countries you have mentioned, but yeah. I have not been to Canada, surprisingly. Yeah, I really want to. I really want one. I've always wanted to test my Spanish. Actually, the plan was before COVID happened, me and a group of friends were going to go to Peru. And so that was the plan, but then COVID I didn't, happened. I didn't know that. Yeah, a couple of my friends, but that was the plan. Oh. We were going to go in the summer of 2020. And so we had it all planned out. We we're going to apply for our um, passports and all that kind of stuff because another friend of mine who was going with me, he's somewhat fluid in Spanish as well. So we were going to be the <laughs> helpers in Spanish to like go down there. And so, but you know, 2020 happened with COVID and all that. So they got postponed and stuff. So um, I really want to test my Spanish skills. Spanish skills. I have my Latino friends who help me and, you know, we conversate in Spanish over the text and on phone calls and stuff. So I really want to go to the country and just really throw myself out there and try. So I might get to go to Germany. Oh, I can put my German to good use. Yes. I wish we spoke a fun language together, but you know, German, I know Spanish. And then, (laughs) but, um, I hear German's easy to learn. That's what I've heard, but I don't know. I agree. Yeah. Because English is derived from German, whereas Spanish is derived from Latin. And there's a little bit of Latin influence in English because of the French, but Mm -hmm. I won't get into it here. Suffice to say, English is mostly derived from German, so I believe it is easier to learn German than Spanish, and I have studied both in the past. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, so it's the new year, so, you know, time to think about, you said that optimism. Uh So here, as a virologist, here's my optimistic thought for the new year, and that's that this new Omicron variant that, for whatever reason, the media wants us to panic about, uh, I've looked at the clinical cases, a number of them came out of South Africa, and there are more that are emerging as this spreads to the United States and to Europe and to other places. And that is the Omicron variant seems to be much less severe uh, variant of COVID, despite being more infectious. So when more people get this, the symptoms in the vast, 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 vast majority of people appear to be no more worse than the common cold. Yeah. And I think that this is... Uh, a reason to be optimistic. I, I am hopeful that we are getting close to the end of this uh, pandemic. Uh, I believe, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say I believe, but I am hopeful that this variant of coronavirus is going to become endemic and it will just cause colds as it circulates mm-hmm. and we can go back to being a normal functioning society. Well, I hope that too. So that's good. That's good news to know. I haven't honestly been following along too much with the Omicron. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, I haven't really been following along with that on the news. So I can't really um, say too much. I just practice precaution and all that stuff that they say out there and everything. But but it would be nice for things. You know, that's that's everyone's prayer. Everyone wants to go back to normal. So that's everyone's prayer. I don't want to go back to normal in the sense of going back to work five days a week. I like working remote. Uh, Well, I think the remote work will be here to stay because it just seems more cost effective for companies not to have overhead Mm -hmm. and building space. But we will see. Uh, I do, however, uh, have some concerning uh, or reasons for concern rather about the new year. And that's the, the inflation we have seen around the globe and the supply chain difficulties as well. Unfortunately, it doesn't appear that those are going to improve anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so this is going to be one of these moments that we're going to just have to lean on God to lead us through these difficult circumstances. Well, you know, not just the whole thing, talking about the economy and all that kind of stuff, you know, not just focusing on the inflation for how things are costing and the things of the supplies, but I've been seeing things in the sense of the job market, in the sense of like a lot of jobs are being replaced by like drones or like, you know, automation or, or yeah, or just actually jobs are just cutting them down or making like the employees, you're just downsizing. cutting, downsizing and then making more the employees that they keep to do more, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's getting rough out and, there. And I will, I will also say too, I, I have heard from people that the cost of of living is going up, energy prices skyrocketing, food prices. I don't know if you've noticed at the grocery store, but I certainly have rising food costs. Yeah, and these have really impacted people. Uh, I believe it is going to cost a cost of living an increase average of four thousand dollars last wow. year. Wow, that is a significant amount. And there are some people out there, including those who are in charge of the United States, who seem to think this is not that much money. That's well, I know for me, I'm very, I eat the same thing all the time when I go grocery shopping. I really don't buy like anything extravagant. Like my weeks yeah. when I go grocery shopping is pretty much the same. But I have noticed when I buy chicken, chicken wings went up from when I would get it. It was usually like $12. Like for the packets I would get, it was $12. Now it's 20 yeah, it's twenty dollars, and yeah. it's still the same, like the same, the same amount of pieces in there and stuff. So I have now stopped getting chicken wings, and now I get chicken thighs because they're, you know, even though it's not as many, so I buy a little bit more packets. But you know, I at least am saving yeah. money. There is a quote from someone I heard, and this individual said um, that I can't afford the things I want. And then the things that I can afford are not there. Yeah. Because of the supply chain problems. I mean it's it's bad. It's a it's bad. And if that wasn't concerning enough, uh, there is war that mm -hmm. appears to be looming in Eastern Europe between Russia and Ukraine. I have heard it's uh, hypothesized that uh, February could be the month that Russia invades and, and takes over Ukraine. Uh, and uh, I think which this, uh, not to minimize, you know, the suffering that would happen in Ukraine, but in terms of greater far-reaching global consequences, uh, China mm -hmm. is looking to make a move on Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And that would be arguably a bigger uh, bigger deal in the grand scheme of geopolitical um things that go on so at this time of the season you know i mean we've got to pray that god will spare the people of ukraine and taiwan from the wrath of these other nations that seek to uh subjugate them i haven't heard about this but this is this is news to me and i'm gonna to have to look this up afterwards but yeah let's pray that that doesn't happen i pray for world peace all over the the world that we don't have to go into another world i mean no country goes into a, a war that's yeah. never good yeah it's some, so some challenging times, potentially some dark times ahead. Uh, so there's some uh, reason for optimism, but also some reason for concern. Uh, and the goal of this episode today is, is to discuss some things with our fellow believers in Christ. And they need to be prepared for what is coming in the upcoming year, and not just things to be aware of, like our personal goals, uh, but we also hope our fellow listeners will um, consider adding these uh, things that we're going to talk about today to the list of things to think about in you, the upcoming year. You know, I saw this um, motivational story that someone posted on my Instagram, and it said, I know you're tired. I know last year was a lot. I know you went through a lot and all this kind of stuff, but there's still work to be done. 
And that's kind of like how I feel going into 2022. We've been through, like, as for the church, as for the believers, I know we've gone through a lot. I know we've seen a lot. I know there's a lot happening, especially in the United States. You know, a lot of things have shifted and changed and changed in faster than we thought was even possible. And I know we've gone through a lot, but there's still work to be done. And that's kind of the mentality I'm going into with 2022. And we're going to discuss why. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Avon and I have talked about our, our personal goals, but I think there are some, as the introduction I referenced, some storm clouds on the horizon here. And I, ha- I have noticed this particular issue that I would like to call attention to today. It's been on my heart for quite some time to discuss this on this show. Um, and, and I think it's something we as believers need to be aware of that is going on in the culture right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to arrest this development before it becomes larger uh, and more, I would, I mean, this will be destructive if it gets mainstreamed. I don't think there's any uh, doubt about that. And that is this normalization of so-called minor attracted persons. Mm. And so this issue came to my intention, uh, attention in November. Uh, at the time, there was a professor at Old Dominion University, which is in Virginia. He, this individual made a push via a televised interview that those who engage in pedophilia, which is a particularly egregious sin, should be called, quote, minor attracted persons as a way to uh, take away the stigma that comes with this behavior. And this individual further argued that pedophilia is, in fact, not immoral or wrong, and therefore society should not soundly condemn and stigmatize this kind of behavior. And instead, the individual argued we should uh, call pedophiles, quote, minor attracted persons, because this, I think, this is uh, less harsh sounding and less negative. And this is despite the suggestion that it would be okay for adults to be attracted to children. Now... Is there an age range they give for this? Uh, I think there's no. I think there's like a. Um, I could be wrong. So you're saying I'm saying for our audience, can you give an age range of the children? Are you saying from like toddler age to baby like ten years old, or are you saying like teen, including teenagers? Like yes, anything under the age of eighteen. Okay. Anyone under the age of eighteen. Okay, I just want to make sure we uh, specify. Yeah. Uh, so a choice quote from this interview. Quote, from my perspective, there is no morality or immorality attached to attraction to anyone. Wow. So, I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, this is, this is horrendous to me, speaking personally, uh, and, and just this idea that we should uh, desensitize the importance of uh, pedophilia, make this not sound as bad as it is minor attracted person that really doesn't sound as powerful as pedophile right mm-hmm. and i i just think this is very concerning uh especially since in the united states in some circles there is now even a debate that minor attracted should be an acceptable form of sexual identity in yeah. the united states so i have not done as much research as you have on this topic i've seen some of it my older brother he's kind of like you um, he's really in tune with these kind of things happening in our society. And he sent me a couple links. One of the things they mentioned, at least in that one video I watched that they're trying to change people's mindsets of how they view love and how they view attractions. And that really disturbed me because, because you're involving people who are young, who aren't experienced in life with a person who is a grown adult involving them in love. Like those two should not mix whatsoever. And then trying to change the seriousness of it, as you said, trying to change the seriousness of it or like make it not seem so harsh. 
I understand you may not want to hurt the person's feelings, but there has to be some kind of standard of right and wrong for our society that we can't just have a loosey goosey society. And this is for the children's protect protection. And so trying to downplay it and try to say it's not that bad is a very dangerous thing because if you're trying to say it's not that bad, then it will be changed later on to say then it's acceptable. It's just a stage or progression yeah. going in that direction. Yeah, and, and I think history has, has shown this on certain other issues, but but this just is so far beyond the pale to be. I mean, these are children. They're, yeah. they're innocent. They're impressionable. Uh, and now they, you, these, these people want to make it acceptable for adults to be with children. Now, I think we should clarify as well that in the, in the lecture, at least the lecture I listened to, the person was talking about, they were talking about people who haven't committed That's a, true. a criminal That act. is true. Yes, that is they true. They said that this isn't a person that has a record. This, isn't, this is not a person that's actually done yes. something. This is a person that secretly... Or I don't know if they who want to, I don't know if they want to be public about it. Um, are are attracted to minor children. This is someone who hasn't acted upon their impulses. That, that is true. And to give credit to this individual, they also said that uh, child sex abuse is wrong. Mm -hmm. They did say that. But but the the, pro the problem is is that when you decrease the seriousness of an issue by relabeling it as something else, that does start you on the path to making this not be as wrong yeah and as a you know christians we we have to push back against this idea we okay? do uh this this is encouraging and promoting this uh, sexual sin it's not right and we must not as a society allow uh, pedophiles to think that they have free license to do whatever they want and i don't i think changing the language to try and make this issue less bad, this is a this is a serious mistake, and we shouldn't be doing this. There's better ways to uh, overcome these kinds of problems, but we shouldn't try and hide or obscure what this issue really is about. And the fact of the matter is, pedophilia is evil, mm -hmm. and those who engage in this are committing horrific uh, evil and sin. People, and you know what? Let's talk about child sex trafficking. Okay. Because at the root of that is pedophilia. Mm -hmm. if, if people did not have this desire to do things with children, there would be no market for child sex trafficking. Yeah. And everything that goes along with that, which includes kidnapping, forcing children to be on drugs to sedate them, uh, and all these other horrible things that go on. And there are people who are being victimized by this. And... If they're victimized by child sex trafficking or they're victimized by uh, sexual abuse or, uh, as much as I don't like to say it, rape, mm -hmm. uh, this causes trauma for years and years and years afterward. And I would say that this trauma can be a stumbling block to acceptance of Christ to some. Yeah. Uh, what happens think, why, is they, why, me? why me? They blame God for what happened, and they question God's character, and they say, how can God be good when he allowed this evil and horrific person to violate me in this most severe of ways? Mm -hmm. And you know, Christians in the U.S. need to wake up and realize what is happening in our society. There are discussions that are trying to make this idea of pedophilia not seem as serious as it actually is. 
I will say so far, this movement appears to be a fringe ideology, but as you mentioned earlier, history tells us what will happen if we refuse to engage the culture on issues like this. You go back to uh, Nazi Germany, for example, the way they were able to um, stigmatize the Jews, they first called them diseased, and they yeah. had some medical reasons, and the people tolerated this. They started a paradigm switch in the negative way. And it went and went and went. Yeah. The, the Jews became more diseased, more awful, more dirty, They became and they became less. Mm -hmm. And it became acceptable to mistreat them. We had Kristallnacht, and then we had the Nuremberg Laws before that, and then after that, we had the final solution, the, the ghettos, and then the concentration camps and the death camps after that. And you know what? If that kind of mindset where we start accepting this kind of bad behavior this doesn't lead anywhere good as a society as a culture and christians were at fault in some i i, I would argue mm -hmm. in germany yeah. they rolled over with some exceptions and then, and then dietrich bonhoeffer he died to protect the jews he died to speak against nazi tyranny but these other churches they buried their heads in the sand and allowed the culture to commit grave acts of evil okay and I would say we cannot bury our heads in the sand and express tolerance for the idea that somehow pedophilia is okay. And it has to be spoken out against forcefully in the family, in the church, and in the public too. And what do I mean by in the public? I mean, for example, in Fairfax, Virginia, okay. Fairfax High School in September was found to have had books in the library at that school that promoted pedophilia, including no. one book in which a 10-year-old boy was explicitly portrayed as engaging in sexual acts with an adult male. No, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Are you serious? How did this even get published? I am completely serious. I don't know. How did it even get published? I don't know, but I am very serious. The source for this, uh, there's a news article. This was actually in big, big news in Virginia. Uh, Christian Post covered this on September 27th. But really what this is about, there was a, a videotape of a school board meeting and an, an aggrieved parent brought this uh, to the attention of the school board and read the offending passages. Mm -hmm. And it is explicit and it is awful. And But then I, they say you can't bring a Bible to school. And they argue that we shouldn't uh, have prayer in school. And yet they promote this. Now, I will say to the school board's credit, they did yank these books. There well, were they, multiple books, by the way. Not just one. There were multiple ones that were doing this, and they did get removed. But why were they in there? In the why first place? were they in there in the how did first they, yeah, how place? How did they pass being monitored or inspected? How did that pass inspection? Don't they inspect the books before they put them in the library? I don't know. You would think so, but if they do, and these got in there anyway, mm -hmm. that tells me we have some very bad people in places of power, and that is not a good thing. And even though this is a high school, this is still dangerous. Even though it's at high school, because you think high school, they would think a little bit at a higher level. Um, but now that I'm an older adult, I know that even in high school, even when you think you know it all as a teenager, you really don't. And the danger I see about like books like this or just this topic in general, it would cause children to put their let their guard down. Yeah, it, it causes children to let their guard down, like the things against predators, like the things we talk about of like, I remember when I was going to school, my dad was very adamant in teaching all of us about predators and how to be on watch against different tactics and all that kind of stuff. But if you have books like this that tell you and try to portray it as quote unquote love, you put you let your guard down 
where you may not recognize those kind of tactics and all those kind of things that a predator that a predator might uh, prey upon a child and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, and, and it normalizes these books are teaching children yeah. that is okay for young children to be in sexual relationships with adults. Yeah, like th- this is that I I'm I have very few words. That I that I could say to describe how upsetting this is to me on this podcast, but I I just what are we doing? Well, the, I just I wanted to bring this up before we move on to the next point because I want to make sure we clarify that lecture that you you know the the articles and everything that you're talking about this whole movement are you're saying I understand that they're trying to change the mindset where you don't have a negative view, but are they actually promoting actions in these lectures and all this kind of stuff? Like, what are the actions they are promoting for the people who have these minor attractions? Are they telling them to keep it um, I, submitted? I, are they promoting for them to indulge in well, it? Well, like- I, I know, again, we talked about the initial interview of the Old Dominion University professor. So mm-hmm. that person did say, as as I said, to be fair, that child sex abuse is wrong. And so there did seem to be a differentiation between having these feelings of attraction towards minors and acting on them, which would be a crime. Uh, these books, however, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say other than clearly they're promoting that I'm this just is shocked okay. who wrote that. Like, I really want to know who wrote that. Like, that's not... Was it... In, I know our history shows a different time period where minors were given, like, especially, like, minor girls were given to, like, older, like, kings and all that kind of stuff. That's history. Like, I'm not saying anything false. Was it, like... Uh, older book that took place in like the 1400s or like to me that or was it like a book that's in modern day society oh you know what i think actually i'm just looking this up right now i actually think the school board brought those books back wait what i think that there's another article on um christian post published in november 27th that says this school district reinstated the the porno books um but I will tell you that I won't say what these are. You can look this up yourself. Uh, but uh, I will say that this appears to have been published um, in 2019. Well, I'm saying, like, in the storyline, is it, like, a book that takes place in, like, the 10th century, like, you know, in the past? Or is it, like, a modern-day Time, you know, or you don't know that too much detail. Um, the setting of the story appears to have taken place in modern times in the 2010s. Wow, that's that's shocking. Uh, actually, this, yeah, yeah, it's really awful. Well, the question is with this, as we're talking about preparing for 2022, and we're making our audience aware. We hope you, the audience, our fellow believers, will share with your other fellow believers in your circles about this current rise of a problem. How do we as Christians engage? engage this like how do we deal with this so so this needs to be removed from the schools in my opinion well yeah for the books that needs to be people need to engage in their government in their school board meetings make it clear that this this is not acceptable for children to be exposed to such uh things as this but as believers uh, you know there also needs to be a question about how do we uh, engage those who suffer from minor attraction which I think is a valid question. And I'm glad you bring that up because I feel as though those who deal with that, that kind of attraction, they're getting worldly advice. And the worldly advice is literally coming from the devil. And of course the devil is going to promote for you to engage in your sin. 
And essentially because people with these kind of attractions can't control themselves, instead of focusing, I would say, I, I want to- They can control themselves. I want to, wait, wait, wait. I will say, because <laughs> they can't control themselves instead of focusing on themselves. They say they can't, I will say that. They, they say they can't control themselves. I won't say that they can't, they say they can't. Instead of focusing on themselves and like all that stuff, they want to change everyone else around them. Since they can fix them, since they can't fix themselves, they're trying to force everyone else to change. But the good news is that there is freedom in Christ. I just really want to promote that, that there is freedom in Christ. And the church needs to be ready to help people with these kind of um, urges. Yeah, no, and and I look. I will admit this is a very difficult thing for me. I know people who have mm-hmm. been victimized by pedophiles. It is a horrific trauma that these people have suffered, and it has made me extremely angry. Uh, but I also know that as a believer, we shouldn't be treating anybody poorly, and mm-hmm. that God considers sin all sin is sin, right? So if someone expresses they're struggling with this temptation. You know, I would say we have Christian counselors, psychological people uh, who can help uh, talk through these issues. So I would um, I would refer them to professional help. I I am not currently prepared to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand. Uh, I mean, help, I help do, to to work through this with individuals. I I, I, I understand completely. Prepared. I me personally, I don't. I don't. I'm not. <laughs> skilled in that department or that area. But the one thing I, I will say, the church needs to be a little bit more understanding with this. It's one of those like sins or one of those quote unquote problems that the church kind of just hides in the corner and says, we don't want to deal with that. Like we don't know how to, I think the church doesn't know how to deal with that. So they kind of just be like, we don't deal with that. And we just kind of want to push it on the side, but that's not our calling. God has called us to reach out to all people and they are all people. And the thing I tell myself, even when I hear of not just of this sin, but when I hear of sins that I think that are um, horrible, that are um, in my perspective, that are beyond, beyond awful, I have to remember that Jesus died for them too. Like we have to be we have to, you know, we have to be fair that Jesus said, Jesus died for everyone. He died for every sin of the world. So that applies to this too. So we have to be of the mindset of, we have to help people and we have to reach out to people. So if you have a person, now this is a, someone that I'm talking about someone before they um, commit a crime. committed a crime. Like we need to be able to help and reach people with their temptations and say, look, there's freedom in Christ for you to be delivered. There's freedom in Christ. So... That's all I got to say about that. It's kind of a, this is kind of a touchy subject, but you know, we gotta, as the church have to be, um, have, you know, help people who are struggling and be, be there before they commit an act and all that kind of and stuff. And if they do, if they do, because there have been, unfortunately, a series of disturbing stories from the church itself where this is, where, I was, where I was actually gonna males have, yeah. have victimized children within the church. And it's in, yeah, it's in the this, church. Th- this cannot be ignored. And, you know what? I, I think it's innocent until proven guilty, but those people, they need to, there needs to be an investigation. Well, maybe that's the first thing that needs to come up. We need to first look at the church and be like, we need to get this out of the church. We do need to get this maybe out Maybe that's the why the church isn't able to help them because there's problems in the church that's going on with this same issue. Could be it's, a pro- it's, a, it's an issue that needs to be spoken out against and not swept under Some, the rug. No, it needs, if there's allegations, uh, let there be an investigation let the individual have their day in court mm-hmm. and we can we can uh, leave it up to a jury of his or her peers about 
you know, whether a crime was committed, but, but the church can't just sweep that under the carpet. Well, essentially this is no longer a topic that they can just ignore anymore because yeah. now this is getting changed into the world. And now this conversation is getting changed into the world to make this acceptable and no longer can the church just be no. quiet about this. No. We can't sweep this under the rug of the problems that are happening in the church as well. Because like you said, I read articles all the time of this pastor did this or this youth pastor did this. Um, like this is an, um, yeah. there was a high profile Christian family that was on TV all the time oh. where one of the sons um, got caught with um, pornography, child pornography and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, this person was in the church. This person was in the church. He should have received help. He should have went to the pastor, went to a counselor, went to somebody to receive some kind of help to deal with that issue. That's the thing that's the problem. Don't call an issue. Don't make light of an issue. Like, get help for the problem. You know what I'm saying? Don't just say, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're, let's just change from calling it an issue anymore. No, if it's an issue, get the help that you need from it. There's freedom in Christ. I'm always going to promote there's freedom in Christ. And, you know, maybe you need to go to a counselor. You need to do certain things. Yeah. Well, and, and I look at it like this. If an individual, if you're a doctor and an individual comes into your uh, doctor's office and they have anorexia, you're not going to tell that person, yes, you're fat. You should continue starving yourself. Yeah. No, no. You get psychological counseling and physical therapy for that individual who is suffering from an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. if, a, if a person who has a minor attraction walks into your doctor's office and says, yeah, I, I want to do bad things with children, you don't tell them, oh, you're a minor attracted person. It's, it's fine. It's normal. No, you get them help mm -hmm. because it is not normal to want to do things to children as an, uh, as an adult. Yeah. That, that is not normal, and it should not be allowed to be redefined as normal. And one of the signs of the end times is that they would call evil good and good evil. And yeah. the church needs to maintain their line in saying, this is evil, we need to um, hold the line, and then the church itself needs to address the issue that... I'm yeah. glad we brought that up. Yeah. The issue that within the church. Yeah. And then, you know, get help within. You can't help out unless we first fix what's within. Yeah. And... We, because we believe that God is available to help that, I'm always going to promote that, you know, that we can go turn to Christ for help. We can, and he can, he can deliver people from, uh, from problems, addictions as well. I, I don't want to leave our audience, because there might be some people in the audience who have had this happen to them. They might, they might have been um, violated in this way. And so for those of you who do have this type of trauma in your life, I would say to you, fall on God. Don't let this be... God is bad because he let this happen to me. Yeah. Right? People people have free will and they can do evil things. Lean on God through this. Let him help you go through this trauma because he will. He is your father, the scripture tells us. He loves you. He will help you overcome this even though it seems extremely horrific and unovercomable. Um and I just want to give some verses for you. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him, the God, uh, because he cares for you. He loves you. Uh, Psalm 91, 4 through 6 tells us, And he, God, will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. And in Psalm 107, 13 through 16, the psalmist tells us, They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of the dark, the utter dark, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down the gates of bronze, and he cuts through the bars of iron. 
And that last one is really powerful to me. He brought them out of the dark, the utter dark, and he broke their chains. And in this case, it would be chains. And in this case, it would be chains of trauma, chains of torment. God will bring you out. Mm -hmm. He will. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you with that. And, you know, uh, if there is anyone in the audience that's had that unfortunately happen to them, I would... I would um, ask that you look up Joyce Meyer. She went through years of sexual abuse as a child and God helped her overcome her trauma and her, she has a powerful um, testimony, te- powerful testimony. Yeah. And actually, you know, it, it made me cry. It really did make me cry. Just some of the things that happened to her and then the healing process that God did for her. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as she said, she always, which, which is a very powerful statement. She says, I might not have not, I might not have had a good start, but thanks to God, I'm going to have a great finish. And I will say, I'm really grateful talking about like the new year and everything. I'm really grateful in the sense that God has really kept me where he's kept me in. Yeah. He's really, he's, you know, he's really kept me in. And anytime I try to um, maybe fall over a little bit or had those thoughts, the conviction has always been there to try to bring me back or whatever. And I've just been grateful that that conviction is there and that I've listened to it and stuff. And I want to encourage my fellow believers. If you know that God is convicting you and trying to pull you closer to him and stuff, take that conviction and run with it. You don't want that conviction to quiet down. And eventually you're on your own devices and stuff. Really believers don't get distracted, but anything don't, you know, focus on God. He's your number one priority. I agree. So I know it was a heavy episode, but I I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to this Paradigm Switch. Happy New Year's to everybody. Uh, Avon and I are going to be going on break just to take a couple of weeks. Um, It's been a long year so far. Uh, But we will be back with our next episode on the 20th of January, so stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.